Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am your host, Elizabeth Benton Thompson. If you want to create change in any area of your life, you're in the right place. Together, we'll explore the strategies and tools I've used to lose over 100 pounds, pay off $130,000 in debt, and become a multiple seven-figure business owner. I've supported more than 3,000 women to levels of execution and fulfillment they didn't know were possible. Together, we'll break your past patterns and eliminate the appeal of your excuses so you can get consistent, stay consistent, create the results you want, and enjoy the journey. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential Podcast. I am Elizabeth Benton. We are doing two of my favorite things today. The first is we're talking about consistency. And that has become an absolute favorite topic of mine because it's one of the top two things that I get questions about. Motivation and consistency. I think we all understand that in order to make meaningful progress, we have to be consistent. One thing that is not consistent and will never be consistent is motivation because motivation is a feeling. And so people ask me all the time, how do I stay motivated? You don't and you don't need to. We are already consistent without motivation in other areas of our lives. For example, do you only take care of your kids when you're motivated to do so? I would say there's probably not a parent on the planet who can say, yeah, I only do what I'm supposed to do for my kid if I feel like it. I think every parent out there would say a lot of the time, maybe even most of the time, I don't feel like doing their laundry. I don't feel like making them a meal. I don't feel like, I don't feel like, and yet we do it anyway. So we're already consistent without motivation. But what happens is that in certain areas of our lives, we use lack of motivation to justify inconsistency. And then it feels like it's, an, it's always a battle because no matter how badly we want this goal that we have, our motivation ebbs and flows dramatically. And if we rely on wanting to, being motivated, being in the mood, then we can't ever be consistent. So one of my goals is always to help people get consistent regardless of how they feel about it because number one, that's what goal achievement is going to require of you. Number two, that is what it looks like to show up as a mature, responsible adult because you're already doing that. You, you don't just go to work when you're in the mood to go to work, when you're motivated to go to work. Why would you leave your health at the mercy of a feeling like motivation that is not going to be present all the time? So what I want to do today is go over 10 questions to help you create consistency. 10 questions that will help you create consistency. Let me first start by explaining why we're using questions. Because in talking about consistency, we could be talking about 10 tips 
or 10 strategies. So why 10 questions? When we're at that place of being about to make a decision, maybe it's, I said I was going to work out. Am I going to do it? Am I going to skip it? I said that I was going to eat a healthy meal tonight, but I'm really tired. Should I just order pizza? When we're at that moment of deciding, am I going to choose consistency? Am I going to choose inconsistency? What makes the decision is how we think about it. So when we come to that decision, if we're thinking, it's been a day, I'm exhausted, I'm stressed, I'll do better tomorrow, then we're probably going to go in the way of choosing inconsistency. If we come to that same exact decision and we're thinking, you know what, both of them take time and one of them is going to have me feeling better in 20, 30, 50 minutes, an hour, a day, one of these options represents who I want to be and the pattern that I want to practice and one of them doesn't. If we're thinking that way, we're probably going to choose to be consistent. The challenge for a lot of people is that we come to these crossroads moments. Am I going to do the thing I said I was going to do? Am I going to be consistent? Or am I going to make an excuse? We come to these moments and when we're struggling to be consistent, we often think about it in the way we've always thought about it. Meaning, if you have routinely told yourself that a stressful day at, the, at work, it's just too much, you just don't care, you can't deal with anything, and you use that to talk yourself out of consistency, most of the time you're going to continue doing that. You know what cards to play, what works to make you say, yeah, okay, I'll give myself this decision off. I'll give myself this night off. I'll give myself this day off. We use questions to help us not only think about things differently, but think about things more maturely, more rationally. You've heard me say it a million times in terms of becoming a better thinker. Oftentimes, when we choose inconsistency, we are telling ourselves only one piece of the truth. So the other night, I had committed to going to the gym. But because of how the day went and this particular day of the week, we do family dinners and then I had a, I had a webinar after that, it meant going to the gym at about 9.30 at night. That is not my preference and it is certainly not my norm. I'm usually back, you know, no later than 8.30 if I have to go in the evening at all, if I can't go earlier in the day. So I'm thinking about the fact that I'm going to have to bundle up, go out in the cold, in the dark. And my thought was initially, I'm really tired. And that is true. That is absolutely true. But it's not the whole truth. Because if I was telling more of the truth, I would probably have been able to admit to myself that not going to the gym did not mean I was going to get to bed any earlier. See, if I was telling myself the whole truth, it wouldn't be either I go to bed and get some rest or I go to the gym. It would be, I, don't, I never go to bed right after a webinar. Right? It takes me a while to wind down. So really, I would have been evaluating go up, lay in bed, watch TV, or go work out. With those options presented, not just, 
I'm tired. Then it becomes a decision between watching TV and working out. And telling just a little bit more of the truth helps me to make a better decision. So one of my questions is around like, is there something I'm leaving out? Am I being honest with myself? How can I be more honest with myself? We'll get to that in a minute. But questions help us show up without the filter of emotion or frustration or telling incomplete versions of the truth. So I'm going to share with you, it's actually more than 10 questions because some of them have subparts, but you'll get the point. They're really powerful, but of course, they're only as powerful as you make them to be by using them. So I use these questions very regularly, and I use them in all different areas of my life. I use them in my marriage. I use them in my work to follow through in things that I said that I was going to get done on a given day. I use them at least multiple times a day when it comes to food, very frequently when it comes to am I going to work out or not, am I going to meditate or not, am I going to read or not, and all of those kinds of self-care habits. But you'll see. I'll give some examples as we go. The first question is, what is the consistency I want to have? What does it look like? What is my ideal? Almost everyone I talk to who's looking to be more consistent does not have a specific definition of what that consistency is for them. They're very general. I want to eat better. I want to work out more. I want to spend less. I want to keep up with my home more. But all of those things are so vague that it's easy to give yourself an out because you can't ever really truly measure, am I doing it or am I not? Like, well, you know, I feel like I'm doing a little bit better. That's not the same thing as having a concrete, clear idea of what consistency is for you. So I, with, with workouts, I like to define how many workouts I'm going to get in in a given month. And this number can vary depending on things like the length of the month. In February, I'm going to get in fewer workouts than, say, in March. 28 days in February, 31 days in March. But I, And also, based on you know what's going on and, and where I'm at when I'm recording this, I give myself a few more, but not a, not a lot more, a few more days off in pregnancy than if I'm not pregnant, with the exception of being immediately postpartum, when I certainly give myself mostly days off. Um, But there's a big difference between I want to get to the gym more, I want to work out more, and knowing I'm going to get in 26 workouts this month. And that might be my goal and not your goal. If you're somebody that hasn't worked out regularly in a long time, I would say 26 workouts a month is probably not where you should start. But you have to be specific. Here's where that comes from for me. And we'll get into this in a little bit further down some of these questions. It comes down to the identity I want to have and the kind of person I want to be. It is very important to me that our kids grow up seeing mom and dad work out regularly. It is very important to me that our kids grow up in a home that values health and fitness and movement. 
So with that identity, there's a lot of different parts of it, but part of it is I work out most days. Now, most could be 16 out of 31, right? That's not, that's not what I want. I don't want to work out half of the time. I want to work out the dramatic majority of the time. So in this given month that we're in right now, April, that's 26 workouts in the month. That's the goal, okay? That is very, very specific. So if it's the sixth of the month and I'm thinking, oh God, I really don't feel like it, it becomes a lot easier to make that decision because I already know that maybe there was a day I missed earlier in the month or I know that there's a day that I can't do coming up because I'm going to be out of town or my schedule is going to be too full or because I want to leave a day or two buffer for not feeling well, right? Having that specificity really helps me. I have the same thing with regards to nutrition, What does consistency look like for me with nutrition? What is my ideal? And again, this is mine and it might not be yours. But for me, it's indulging twice a month. Not four times, not five times, not every other day, not every week. And it's indulging in a way that I feel really good after. I don't know about you, but I certainly have my fair share of experience indulging and then feeling like garbage afterwards, either because of what I ate, how much I ate, combination. So a couple times a month. And for example, I I love ice cream. I can have ice cream, but not to the point where I feel crappy afterwards. So a pint, not in the cards. But going out and getting a cup, absolutely positively, that is part of my personal ideal. This helps me so much I'm never hemming and hawing over like, should I, I mean, maybe today, because it's very, very clear to me what the target is. I'm never going for perfection. That's not what this conversation is about at all. It's about specificity. I, with my finances, I log in to my various accounts at least twice a week. And once a month, I update my net worth spreadsheet And every month, I focus on one area in the net worth spreadsheet. So whether that is like my business income or my rental income or my investments, there's one that I focus on every month with the goal of improving it. And I like to set a target for how much I'm going to improve it by. That is way easier to be consistent with than if I said, I need to do better with my finances. So the first question, series of questions is, what is the consistency I want to have? What does it look like? What is my ideal? The second question, and this speaks to the identity piece that I was just mentioning that helps me determine what my ideal is. Who or how do I want to be in the moments where I'm considering saying no to consistency. Who do I want to be in those moments where I'm debating being inconsistent? Who do I want to be? How do I want to be? And I think about the other night when I really did not feel like going to the gym. I'm not an evening person. But when I think about who I want to be in the moments where I'm considering skipping a workout, I've lived the life of like, I don't feel like it. I'm just going to curl up on the couch and watch TV. 
I've lived that life. I know what that's like. I don't want to be that person. I want to be the person that says, you know what? You're going to be glad that you went. And you know, you already said you were going. And so we're not opening up for this for debate anymore. I want to be the kind of person who makes the commitment and keeps it. Because I'm that person to everybody else in my life. People can trust me. People can count on me. And my family and my friends know that. If I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. But is that really true if I'm not that way to myself? And I would say no. If you don't have integrity in private, then your integrity in public doesn't really mean anything. So I want to be a person of my word. And I keep that in mind because I'm very often negotiating with myself. Should I, you know, have the sweet potato fries even though I said I wasn't going to have them? Should I buy the thing even though I said I wasn't going to do discretionary spending this week? Who do I want to be in those moments when I'm debating it? I want to be a person who keeps my word because if I have only integrity publicly but not privately, then I don't have integrity and that matters to me. The other thing is in terms of how I want to be in the moments that I'm considering making an excuse. I don't want to be the kind of person that just opens up for debate everything I've already decided on because that seems like a huge waste of time. You know, if, if I can say, I'm going to eat this way today, I'm going to work out at this time today, I'm going to, you know, have these, these business things done today, and then I open it up for debate every time I don't feel like it or I'm tired, I'm going to be wasting a huge amount of time. And I want to be more efficient than that. The decision is made. So I understand that I might not feel like it. I might not be in the mood. It might not be what I want to do with my time right now. But I just am going to stick with what I said I was going to do because to live otherwise is totally inefficient. Who or how do I want to be in those moments where I'm considering saying no to consistency? I also want to be the person who thinks more about where I'm going than what's tempting me in the moment. Because if I consistently make decisions based on what sounds good in the moment, that will not create a good life for me, for my family, for my kids, So I don't want to be that person. And that's ultimately what's happening in those moments where I'm considering saying no to consistency. I'm faced with something that is more appealing in the moment. And if I continue to choose the satisfaction of the moment over my long-term goals and what I want my life to look like in 6 or 12 months, I'm not going to be anywhere good in 6 to 12 months, right? So who or how do you want to be in the moments where you're considering saying no to consistency. The third one, is this the response I want to practice? What is the response I want to practice? So going back to that moment, I don't want to go to the gym at 9.30 at night. I'm tired. It's cold outside. Is saying it's tired, it's late, it's cold, is that the response I want to practice? when it comes to moments where I'm not in the mood to work out? And the answer is no. That's not who I want to be. No. What is the response I want to practice? Well, I mentioned this a couple minutes ago. I want to practice the response of like, I already made that decision. And I'm not 
the kind of person who wastes a ton of time and energy relitigating everything so that it suits me in the moment I'm in. I don't want to practice the response of, oh, who cares what I said I was going to do? This looks better now. I want to practice integrity. That matters to me tremendously. I want my kids to see that in their mom every single day. That's the response I want to practice. Is this the response I want to practice and what is? You can use this in your marriage when it comes to communication. You catch yourself, and this is the great thing about questions, they slow us down to give us an opportunity to think about it in a way that without slowing down, maybe we wouldn't. The way that I'm thinking about responding to my coworker or my kid or my spouse or my significant other, is that the response I want to practice? Because I'm going to get better at whatever I practice. Do I want to get better at being rude? Do I want to get better at making excuses? Do I want to get better at giving in to temptation? What is the response I want to practice? The fourth one, uh, this, this one might be my favorite. Is there a better version of this story I could tell? Or what other perspectives should I include in this situation? What other perspectives should I include in this situation? Because again, so often in these moments where we're, do I go the way of consistency or the way of inconsistency? So often we are just telling ourselves one piece of the truth. So is there a better version of the story or are there other perspectives you should include? I was talking to somebody yesterday and they were like, by the time I got home from work, I was so stressed and I just thought, I don't even care. All I want to do is eat my feelings. That is a piece of the truth, but it is not the whole truth. Is there a better version of this story I could tell? And I would say, Sure, one version of the story is, I'm stressed, I don't care, I want to eat my feelings. But is there a better version? Sure. The better version is, now this is my time. And I'm going to take care of myself. Because I know that in the long term, that feels way better than not taking care of myself. And I'm attracted to the notion of soothing myself right now, but choosing food for that is very misguided because I know it doesn't soothe me at all. It might distract me for a minute, but then I have to go to bed frustrated with myself and wake up feeling disappointed with myself. That is a different version of the story that is always welcome, but we often don't demand it of ourselves. What other perspectives should I include in this situation? Going back to my, do I go to the gym at 9.30 or do I not? What other perspectives should I include? Absolutely the one about the fact that it's not go to bed or go to the gym. I'm not going to bed right now. Or the fact that when I work out regularly, I have a lot more energy and I sleep better than when I don't work out regularly. So if I'm tired, going to the gym is actually a better option than not going. Is there a better version of this story I could tell? What other perspectives should I include in this situation. The fifth question, what might this be costing me? Is this a trade I want to make? You can think about this in so many different areas of your life. The decision to say, I'll start tomorrow, what is that costing you? 
And is it a trade you want to make? Do you want to say no to another day of progress for the sake of some indulgence that you've probably had a million times and you know deep down isn't worth it? Or maybe this is about consistently showing up for better communication in your relationship. And that you, you are in a moment where you're like, I don't even care. I'm just so mad. I don't even care. Well, what is that costing you? And is whatever it is that you want to do in this moment, is it worth the trade? What is it costing you to choose inconsistency in this specific situation? And then when you come up with an answer, I want you to ask yourself, and what else? Because we, we can answer pretty quickly with what's familiar, but you'll grow more and benefit from this more by going a little bit deeper. So when you answer, what might this be costing me? I want you to say, and what else? And what else? Because for me, you know, if I don't go work out, that's costing me a day in the gym. It's costing me an investment in my health. You know, you can't take the miles off the car kind of thing. But what else is it's, it's making it harder for me to go tomorrow when I don't feel like going tomorrow. And it's making me not trust myself. And I believe that trusting yourself is the, one of the most important things that we can have and build and encourage in our own behavior and our own decision making. Number six, in a day or a week, which choice will make me feel my best and is it worth fighting for? It's really the last part of this that I'd like you to spend the most time with. Is that worth fighting for? Because it's easy to be like, well, yeah, in a week, going to the gym is going to make me feel my best. But sometimes we can still just dismiss that and be like, who cares? I'll go tomorrow. But when we get to that second part of the question, is that worth fighting for? Is getting this workout in tonight worth fighting for? Is feeling really great about my week in a week, is that worth fighting for? Why is that worth fighting for? The more you put into these questions, the more you'll get out of them. You know, if we look at it as a spectrum, if you just listen to this episode, maybe you get like one out of 10 out of this one-tenth of what it could be for you. And if you listen and you write them down, maybe you get 1.5 out of 10 in terms of the potential value. But if you start asking them five times a day, then you can get, you know, 10 out of 10. You can get 20 out of 10 in terms of the value of this. Number seven, am I being mature or logical in how I'm evaluating this. Just gonna give you a little spoiler. A lot of times the answer is gonna be no. For me with food, for years I would say, I'm just so stressed, I'm just so stressed. Or I would tell myself over and over and over again, I'm gonna get it out of my system and I'm gonna start fresh tomorrow. And that was not mature and that was not logical. It was, even though I meant it, I believed it, it wasn't logical because I kept saying it over and over and over and over again, maybe not every single day, but multiple times in a month and hundreds of times in a year to the point where it, it wasn't real, it wasn't true. If that, if that had worked, 
oh yeah, just eat whatever today and then you're going to go about losing 130 pounds because you got it out of your system. If that worked, it would be logical, but it didn't work. So it's not logical. Am I being mature or logical in how I'm evaluating this? Or you might ask, how can I be more mature or logical? If I was approaching this in a mature or logical way, what would that look like? Number eight, what is the most logical, rational choice and does that matter to me? And again, it's that second part, does that matter to me? that's going to be the most important piece. What is the most logical, rational choice? And does that matter to me? I use this a lot when it comes to food. And what is often logical and rational for me is eat what you plan to eat, make a decision tomorrow about indulging. Like, let's be logical and rational. You don't need to be impulsive. You already made a commitment. Let's revisit this tomorrow. And typically, when the mood is different, when I'm more tired, when whatever's frustrating me isn't top of my mind, I make a better choice. And I just have to remind myself of that. Right now, Elizabeth, you're stressed. Right now, Elizabeth, you're overtired. Right now, Elizabeth, you don't feel well. So this is not the right time to be like, hmm, should I take great care of myself or should I not? Let's just go the route of, Take great care of yourself and then let's let a little time pass on anything that runs counter to that. Number nine, do I really want to solve this problem and am I acting like it? Whew, this one would have slapped me right in the face for years and years when I would be like, I don't even care. I'll start tomorrow. I'll start on Monday. Do I really want to solve this problem and am I acting like it? Because there's no time like right now. And another question that goes with this one is, what is the difference between a solution and a distraction? And what am I really after? And what does each one get me? Okay, if I'm after a distraction, then what happens? Where does that take me? Is that where I want to go? Do I really want to solve this problem? Am I acting like it? What is the difference between a solution and a distraction? Which one do I really want? And then number 10 is a toss-up for one of my most favorites. How can I be more honest with myself in this moment? How can I be more honest with myself? This is where we have the opportunity to look at our own patterns. Yeah, I believe it when I say I'll start tomorrow, but like, can I be honest with myself about the pattern here? When I say, I don't even care, can I be honest with the fact that I really do care? I'm just in a crappy mood right now and I don't want to keep letting a crappy mood keep me from what I want in my life. How can I be more honest with myself in this moment? Here's a bonus question for you because I believe that a huge part of consistency is overcoming all or nothing thinking. So a question I like to ask myself is, what are all of the options between all and nothing? And is there something in that realm that I can choose, right? Because it doesn't have to be either I work out or I don't work out, either I eat healthy or I eat crappy. What are all of the options that exist between all and nothing? And can I pick something from that middle ground? I'll give you another bonus question because I could do this all day long. 
what would it look like in this situation to take responsibility for the outcomes that I want? What would it look like in this situation to take responsibility for the outcomes that I want? And now remember, these questions have no power unless you use them. And the more you use them, the more frequently you use them, and the more uh, a wider variety of types of situations, the more powerful they will be. And I would love for you to message me, DM me on Instagram. You can find me there, at Elizabeth Benton. Tell me which one you like the most, okay? Which of these questions do you like the most? The more you use them, the more consistent you'll become. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you enjoyed it, make sure to take a few seconds to leave a rating and review on whatever platform you're listening. It not only supports the show in a huge way, but it also automatically enters you into our weekly product giveaway. For more tools, tips, and strategies on creating change, check out my first book, Chasing Cupcakes, and follow me on Instagram at Elizabeth Benton. Remember, every choice is a chance, and I'll see you next time.